Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. What's up, bar folks? It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Just want to remind you, you have five days left to use the BAR code to get $40 off of the registration for G3 2018 conference. You don't want to miss it. I'm telling y'all, on October 31st, you can use it for the last time. After that, you cannot use it. And not only that, the price for the conference goes up after October 31st. So what are you waiting on? Go to G3conference.com, register, use the BAR code. Hope to see you there. God bless. Come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs, and every person we meet. This where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the modern. The Reformation, yeah. The Bar, Biblical and Reformed. Welcome everybody to The Bar. It's your boy Dwayne in the building. Right back in here, another uh, episode of The Bar. And this is a special episode. This is Friday. We give you a bonus episode this week. Um, this month has been Reformation Month, the 500 years uh, of Reformation. We're celebrating that on the 31st. And so for the whole month of October, I've been featuring guests that have been influential in uh, my life as well as uh, in the podcast. And um, this one is also special because we're, we're calling this one our local pastor spotlight here at the bar. We like to do a local pastor spotlight where we uh, interview guys that uh, you might not have heard of before. So I am super excited to have on the guest I have today. Uh, you probably heard me refer to him several episodes referring to him, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But uh, I want to introduce to everybody, Mr. Greg Bainey. How are you, sir? I'm well, thank you. Happy to be with you, Dwayne. Yes, sir. Mr. Greg. Oh, man, we've been we've been missing each other and, and our schedule has been, you know, off. But we finally got you on, man. And I, I definitely couldn't finish this month without not having you on. man. so I really appreciate you taking time to talk to me. Well, thank you. And I, I'm honored that I can do it on uh, on the weekend that we celebrate the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. So I really appreciate that. That's right. It's special. Good deal, man. Well, you guys, uh, you've heard my story. 
uh, of being, you know, growing up missionary Baptist and going into the charismatic world and being a part of a huge charismatic ministry and uh, then finding reformed theology and, and, and loving it and, and, and sound doctrine. And you always hear me talk about the guy that I work with that pulled me in his office uh, on his lunch break and we started walking through the Westminster Confession. So that is Mr. Greg Bainey. That's why I'm super excited. Uh, definitely a key part. Uh, we know God, the Holy Spirit is the main part, but uh, definitely a key part. So Greg, to start it off, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself to my uh, my listeners. Uh, tell whatever you want to tell as far as uh, background, personal, professional, uh, conversion story, however you want to do it, man, I'm going to give you the floor to just kind of introduce yourself right here. Okay. Well, first, let me say, Dwayne, that I remember fondly um, our, our lunch break or so together that we spent talking through the Westminster Confession. And I remember thinking at the time, I remember just uh, being blown away that you would be willing to, uh, to do that, to take up your time and, and, <laughs> and just discuss the, the confession. So it's definitely a fond memory of mine. Um, so it's a it's a delight to be able to, to hear you say that that was a significant part of your life because I know it was uh, something that I enjoyed and I prayerfully hoped that you know even after I, I moved away and our conversation ceased that um, that it would have an impact on you and so mm-hmm. I'm grateful to hear that it did. But uh, just a little bit about me: I grew up like similar to yourself in the Pentecostal Church. Um, I was actually ordained in the Pentecostal Church. Uh, back when I in my early 20s, and I'm currently in my late 30s, but um, pastored for a while uh, a Baptist church in Arkansas, and um, then it was during that period of time when I was pastoring that church that I started reading people like um, Luther and Calvin and Luther's book, Bondage to the Will in particular, uh, really mm. had a significant impact on me. I was, uh, I was pastoring the Free Will Baptist Church, and uh, when I read Luther's Bondage of the Will, that was really what <laughs> sort of set my, my world a-rocking. Um, right. But um, but anyway, that's what made the difference. And then I ended up resigning that church and, and attending Covenant Seminary in St. Louis and uh, graduated from there in 2009 and then uh, worked for a little while in Greenville, which is where you and I met. And I'm currently an right. assistant pastor for... Um, Hickson Presbyterian Church in Hickson, Tennessee, which is uh, just on the on the north side of the river in Chattanooga. Right, right, yeah, that's that's awesome. And I think that was part of the reason why uh, I was, uh, I guess, inclined because you had the same background. You know, it wasn't like you was born and raised Presbyterian, and you know, so you, you went through the journey. I think that was part of it, Greg. So yeah, that that's definitely that's definitely awesome. Let's talk about. Uh, seminary. Uh, I know you, you really uh, big up them. You even suggested me to, to go there. Uh, let, let's talk about that. I know that ain't in my question list, but uh, <laughs> no, that's fine. Let, let's talk about, yeah, let, let's talk about uh, coming to seminary, man. Just kind of your experience there. And uh, it's your time to sell it because I do have on different uh, professors and, and, and presidents of different colleges. And I haven't had anybody from there on the show. So uh, let's talk about that, that experience and how, uh, you know, it, somebody should consider going there. Okay. Well, I, I tell you, Covenant Seminary was a, a major milestone in my life. Um, and, and one thing, and I, I know um, a lot of good things about, you know, Westminster Seminary, Westminster Theological Seminary, and RTS, the various campuses. Uh, but one thing that attracted me to Covenant 
was they have a distinctive in that they require all their professors to also have been pastors at some point in their life. And I mm. think sometimes whenever you're in a, in a strictly um, academic environment, there's a disconnect between what you learn and, and what you teach and, you know, living it out in the real world, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, and that wasn't the case of Covenant. Covenant really emphasized, they appreciated um, having that relationship between not only orthodoxy, but also orthopraxy and living that out in, in the context of, um, of the local church. But I will mm -hmm. say that the main thing that served me on Covenant Seminary um, was to have the Francis Schaefer Institute. And I don't know if mm -hmm. uh, um, your listeners are familiar with Francis Schaefer, Schaefer but um, if not, then definitely they should be. But he had a, a significant impact on my life, just his teachings, uh, his ministry at La Brisa in Switzerland. And um, even though by the time I, I was old enough to read about him, he had or shortly after that, he had passed on. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, you know, those distinctives made Covenant for me uh, a unique place. And so I, I loved my time there. And if anyone's considering, you know, which seminary to go to, I would definitely say that Covenant Seminary is a balanced approach between not only uh, sound doctrine, but also how you live that out in the real world. And I think that's a tension that, you know, through the, the years I've spent in pastoral ministry is always... Um, something you wrestle with. And so if, right. if you can attend a seminary or, or uh, some place where they really help you with how do you apply, you know, such, such truth of scripture to everyday life, then I think that makes a difference. Right. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I actually just recently interviewed a, uh, a professor uh, at RTS and, um, and that was something that he said, you know, he was like, he, being a pastor helps him be well balanced on that. And, you know, the whole understanding, you know, uh, like you said, applying it in the real world. So that is definitely uh, something major that somebody should, uh, should consider. So as far as uh, uh, your, your, where you are now at uh, uh, what's the name of the church again? Uh, Hickson Presbyterian church. That's right, Hickson. So, as far as that, uh, because this is is this is slash uh, uh, local pastor spotlight. What are some of the uh, the the challenges you may have faced uh, coming in there? You know, being on staff and and pretty much tell them, I guess, your role there, and then some of the things as far as challenges go, and then we'll we'll talk about some of I guess the rewards. Okay. Yeah, well, my role is um, I'm the assistant pastor, but I'm over mainly adult discipleship. So my my official title is assistant pastor of Christian growth and connection. And um, mm -hmm. whenever I whenever I join the staff of Texan uh, Presbyterian Church, or I'll just say HBC for short, um, whenever I join the staff of HBC, we uh, we were in the process of moving and uh, moving buildings. The church had been located at one location for about 45 years, and uh, they had purchased property out at a completely different end of town some 15 years prior, mm -hmm. and they had just um, they had gone through a vision casting phase and some strategic planning, and they knew that, um, that moving was the right thing to do, but it was still a big undertaking. So, um, so anyway, you know, there were a lot of challenges, unique challenges that accompanied the, uh, the move itself, but I'll just 
summarize and say that when I came on board, our, our church was uh, roughly 275, uh, 300. You know, since then we've grown to be about 350, 375 mm-hmm. as far as membership is concerned. Um, but there, you know, sometimes when, when a church reaches a certain level as far as attendance, it's difficult to break up. It's what people call a barrier. And sometimes you see it mm-hmm. when, when you go from being a 100 member church to a 150. Sometimes you see it from 150 to 200. Um, well, we had lingered at the 275 mark for a long time, and, and we're really praying about how can we move to the new property and really have an impact on the community. And that was the first thing we want to do is, is, is have an impact right. on the community. And then secondly, you know, we would like to see church growth uh, associated with that, just numeric growth as well. But, um, gotcha. you know, it, there, there were an array of challenges that that I think we've been working through now for the past three years, which the first two years that I was here, um, we were, you know, doing the building campaign, getting ready to move. Uh, now I'm in the third year, uh, starting to finish up the third year of, of my time here, and uh, we just moved this past summer. So to have a, to, to be a church in one location and to have a demographic, to have an area of town that you're really trying to reach for the gospel, and then to move to a different area of town requires mm-hmm. you to sort of ask the question, who are we, who is God calling us to be, uh, what's our role mm-hmm. here in, in this new new area? And it's a heavily suburban area, so it's, it's you know, it, there's a lot of houses, a lot of neighborhoods, that sort of thing. So some of the challenges that I faced uh, just with the transition had to do with um, helping the church ask that question. And sometimes mm-hmm. the answer to that question or even asking the question itself is one that we struggle with, and it causes a lot of discomfort, some anxiety for people, but... Um, you know, it's one that we're trying to minimize the discomfort while at the same time allowing the discomfort to stretch us so that we're able to uh, to be the the light to our community that God called us to be. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. So as far as, uh, you know, I know you, you're talking about asking a question on, on identity and what you can do. What are some of the things that uh, you guys have implemented or are working towards as far as reaching that community that you're in? Well, we have sort of changed our our idea of outreach, what it means to Mm -hmm. be involved in outreach. I think historically a lot of churches, they saw outreach as um, bringing people in the community inside the church. And our Mm -hmm. view of outreach sort of underwent a transition where instead of bringing people in the community into the church, we really want to be a church that goes into the community. So instead gotcha. of investing our time to have you know churchwide events, which we have those, we're really starting to encourage our church members to look around in their neighborhoods because there are a lot of neighborhoods that surround the new property. Um, encouraging them to, to think through how they can host block parties, how they can host uh, barbecues, whatever you know, in their neighborhood, and invite the people in their neighborhood, and it not be something that's driven by the church necessarily, but it, the kingdom impact is significant because the members of the church are reaching out and making a difference. So um, that's one of the the, the the changes that we've made is just on how we do outreach itself. But a few mm-hmm. others is, and um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the book uh, Trellis and the Vine uh, by um, Colin Marshall, I believe, but. Um, in, in that book, uh, it does a great job of differentiating between the role of ministry leaders being shaping the vine versus 
the trellis or the trellis versus the vine, and the trellis really being that infrastructure for ministry, and then the vine mm-hmm. being the disciples that grew, that grow up sort of organically uh, within the church around that that infrastructure. And when I came aboard, there really wasn't a lot of infrastructure for ministries, such mm-hmm. as men's ministry, mm-hmm. women's ministry, smaller group, small group, um, adult Sunday school, that sort of thing. So we've also really implemented putting some of those trellises, if you will, in place so that we can try to be intentional about about discipleship. Right. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's going to help a lot of, you know, a lot of my listeners because I got a lot of uh, – uh, local pastors that listen and I get a lot of inboxes about that because uh, it's always good to hear what other people are doing so I appreciate that you sharing that with us uh, let's let's rewind and go back to Greenville <laughs> okay um uh, while you were there well I'll start ministry wise uh, I know you was doing some preaching you know here and there what what was the what what were you doing at that time? Uh, I remember you was telling me, but uh, refresh my memory and also tell my uh, my listeners. Sure. Well, I was doing a um, couple things. One, I, I, I worked uh, with the city of Greenville, uh, which is where you and I met, and that was a, a great right. job. But and, and it really was a job that I saw as my ministry, just as much as, um, as anything that I've done. And, you know, I think one of the great truths that were regained or that came out of Martin Luther's teaching and the, the reformers was the priesthood of all believers and just the idea that um, there's no separation between the sacred and the secular, uh, or at least that separation is not what it was made out to be prior to the Reformation. So that's our part of our Reformation heritage, which I'll, I'll, uh, I'll holler back to since, um, since we're celebrating 500 years of Reformation. Right. But, um, you know, I think so in addition to the ministry that I had with the city of Greenville as an employee with the city, I was also a postgraduate intern with Mitchell Road Presbyterian Church. And, and what that meant was I um, I worked for uh, the church at Sunday School, did some preaching and teaching and then member assimilation and um, got to uh, teach in the Greenville Fellows Program for a while, which was a great opportunity to kind of get to fellowship and shape younger minds recent college grad, that sort of thing. But um, I was also doing pulpit supply for the area for the last three years that I was there. So there were a couple of churches um, in the surrounding area that I would I would do pulpit supply for. So, um, so yeah, it, um, and I was pursuing licensure, pursuing ministry opportunities in the Calvary Presbytery, which is the Presbytery of the Presbyterian Church of America that I'm a part of, uh, that, that covers the, um, the Greenville area. So I was actively involved sort of in both worlds and really mm. saw, you know, both the, the time that I spent with the city as well as the pulpit supply and, and my work with the church there at, at Mitchell Road as uh, as both ministry. Nice. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and that, that was something, you know, that, that kind of get left out, you know, the actual ministry at work. Um and, and not having a switch that you turn on and off. And, you know, and even, even for me, you know, just, just kind of observing and watching, and I'm sure you, me, you know, you could always tell those that were, you know, uh, uh, Christians and, 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 and you, you, you always spot out the believers. And, and I definitely, that that's one reason why I, I do miss that job because, you know, it's an opportunity to touch uh, people that, 
you know, that are less fortunate, you know, down there at the bus terminal, you know, opportunity to be a light um, because they were always watching, you know, what our reaction to things and and the way, you know, especially, especially within the terminal, you know, you know, some of the, uh, (laughs) some of the stuff we dealt with uh, in the terminal. So uh, I definitely, uh, definitely attest to that being ministry. And, uh, and, and that was a place where I really, really want, you know, felt the, a direct impact, uh, with the, I guess with that, you know, urban context. But, um, as far as, uh, our, me, me and you, our, our interaction, those, you know, you kind of touched on it, uh, in the beginning, um, in the, in the office. So I guess when, whenever, cause I'm trying to remember like how we even got to that point. I think, I don't know if I like mentioned it. I don't know if you remember it either, but, um, Let's talk about that 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 experience, man, because, you know, what may have seemed small was, was very, very impactful uh, for me. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about that kind of I don't know if you remember how it led up, but if you do, you know, you, you could say it. But uh, just that interaction yeah. we had and, and how you took your time and all of that, man. Yeah, I actually do. I, I remember you and I were talking and I don't know how we got on the subject of, um, of uh, you know, of our of reform of the reformed faith, I think maybe we we ended up there because we were uh, you, your wife at the time was doing something with the church that you were a part of and mm-hmm. you were attending, and um, we we discussed the type of church it was, and I think it was a, a charismatic church, um, mm-hmm. and and so I, I shared with you that I was very familiar with that because I was raised Pentecostal and then um, you know ordained Pentecostal, so I had a uh, some sense of uh, what that what that culture and and you know that that Christian tradition is like, and then um, somehow from that conversation we started talking about Calvinism and the Reformed faith, and um, I, I was blown away that that um, you know another person, which since then I've met a couple other people, but really were, were not in my experience were not that common that someone would go sort of all across the spectrum from being um, from being Pentecostal to to Reformed, um, and right. so I just found it fascinating that you and I had very similar experiences. And I remember we talked about that uh, a little bit, and then um, somehow, uh, yeah, I think you may have mentioned what what sites I recommended, what websites, maybe what books yeah. to yep. become yep. better acquainted with the Reformed faith. And I think I may have given you one or two, but I said, hey, you know, one of the best ways to really get, you know. One of the best ways to uh, to to get used to cold water is to dive in in the deep end, so to speak. And so <laughs> I, I that's what I did. I put up a deep end, and and you and I started going through the Westminster Confession, and uh, yeah. just kind of going through it section by section, chapter by chapter, mm-hmm. and talking through uh, talking through each part of it. Um, yeah. So yeah, and I, I can remember at the time thinking, "Wow, this he's he's really interested," <laughs> and being somewhat surprised <laughs> because you know you run into a lot of people. They're like, "Yeah, that capitalism, right. that's cool, that reformed faith." Yeah, tell me more about that. But then when you challenge them and you really want to sit with them and 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 talk through the confession, you know, that's not where a lot of people mm-hmm. would begin. It, it, it's easier to begin with, um, you know, sort of a gentler approach. But, um, right, and, and right. there's a lot of reasons why, not only the depth of theology, but also, you know, the, the confession was written 400 years ago. So it, it, just the language of it sometimes can be a little challenging, but mm-hmm, you jumped mm-hmm. in with both feet and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was fascinating. It was a great time. Yeah, it, it really, really was. Uh, and 
you know, like I appreciate the the patience you had with me and you you would read a line and you turn and look. You, you agree with that? You understand? That, I mean, you it, it like I said, it's small, but it it was so uh, uh, impactful. Um, and, and I learned a, a whole lot. I had a much better understanding because, you know, I'm, I'm part of the YouTube generation where we, we YouTube and Google everything, you know, and, and when I first heard it, first thing I was trying to find out was, okay, what's wrong with it? I'm trying to look it up. But, uh, but after our conversation and the, the resources, you know, you, you suggest, I, I remember it clearly, man, you suggested Ligonier and you was like, they got an app and I had the app and then I was on RefNet and then I, I, every morning I'm unlocking the gates, listening to RefNet, you know, it was just, it was just a, a beautiful transition, man. I mean, and, and, um, and, and really, you know, my listeners heard it a hundred times, but the main reason why I was ready to jump feet first and, and move clear across the spectrum was because I was fed up with uh, the deception um, right. and, and, and just, you know, just, just hearing something and, and it's not being biblical and also, you know, telling me to do something and it's not working, you know? So all of those things led up to that, man. So I am definitely, definitely grateful. Uh, bar listeners, you could definitely, uh, 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 if you ever see Greg, give him a pat on the back and a thank you for, uh, for taking time out with me so that this, this could actually exist, you know? So you definitely had a lot to do with that, but on that, I, I look, I'm gonna give you time to, to dry your tears, you know, joy as uh, we take a quick commercial break. I just want to ask in our present day, we talk about the Reformation not being over. The Reformation is not over. When we see in the evangelical church the, the types of things that we're seeing where puppets have replaced preachers, the Reformation is not over. Join us this January as we spend an entire weekend focused on the practical components of discipleship. It's a conference for the local church. Reserve your seat and book your hotel by visiting g3conference.com. All right, we're back. Man, bonus episode. You know I love y'all to give you a bonus episode on a Friday. Got my main man, Mr. Greg Bainey, uh, in here with me. Super excited, as always. Uh, definitely a good time talking with you, Greg. What I like to do on the back end, because the bar... Unlike those other shows, uh, we only go 30 minutes because, you know, most commutes around 30 minutes uh, unless you live in Atlanta. So, you know, somebody told me that when I made that comment. So what I like to do on the back end (laughs) is, uh, Greg, I have what I call bar signature questions. And uh, the first bar signature question is, what book are you reading right now? Well, I'm reading several books right now. one in particular is uh, on the Sabbath. It's written by Ryan McGraw, and it's called um, uh, The Lord's Day. And it's a really interesting book, mainly because I think a lot of times, even within the Reformed tradition, uh, we take for granted the blessing, but also the requirement, mm-hmm. the positive command, you know, with the fourth commandment, not only is there a prohibition of of not doing work on the Sabbath day, but there's also a, a positive command that we should keep holy. And so sometimes I think mm. in our 21st century world, um, we we don't really understand what that means to keep it holy right. and to set it aside. And I think sometimes we feel like that if we just attend corporate worship on Sunday morning, that we can check that box and, you know, we've done it. <laughs> um, so right. anyway, it's been a very interesting read um, by Ryan McGraw and, and um, you yeah, know, it's on the Sabbath. It's one of the, one of the nice. good books I'm reading right now. I got you. Yeah, that's interesting because... Uh... 
one of the the podcasts, uh, the Reform Pub, they have a Facebook page, and you know, I think they actually read the same book, and after that, they started archiving uh, on 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 Sundays. You know, basically you can't post anything on Sunday, you know, and some people yeah. get upset about it, you know, and then, you know, those that, that I guess have the same understanding are cool with it, but yeah, that's, that's pretty neat that you are uh, reading that same book. Pretty nice. All right, sir. The next bar signature question is what kind of music do you listen to? I listen to it all. <laughs> uh, so I, I, Everybody's I, I know the pastor. I know the pastoral answer is to listen to uh, uh, you know, oh, no, praise and no. worship, which I do. But also, I, I think there's, uh, you know, part of, of of common grace is that there is there's uh, there's art in every music, in every art, in every mm-hmm. musical genre, and, and I really do enjoy it all. From um, you know, from from wholesome rap to, um, to classical music, I, I really enjoy it all. Nice. Yeah. I, you know what? I think that was a conversation we had also about the, the common grace and, and art, which was very influential yeah. as well, because uh, the camp I was in, you know, anything besides gospel or spiritual, it was the devil, you know. And, and I think I even might have mentioned something about it when we was talking. But, uh, you know, and, and that that is that is good. And, and, and I'm with you now. I'm, I'm on the same page. I, I definitely respect the art and the, and the gifts and, and enjoy those things as well. Uh, and I always have to prep, uh, use, most of the time I, uh, prepare my, my listeners, I mean, my guests to let them know that you don't have to say the, the, the quote unquote, you know, spiritual answer. Tell me what you listen to when nobody's <laughs> around. So you did good. <laughs> you Thanks, did man. good. All right. Last, last bar signature question. Uh, what, podcasts or sermons do you listen to if any some some pastors don't but uh what pat what podcasts or sermons do you listen to um you know i i used to listen to the Ligonier podcast um more often than i do now i, I have to say now i've i've, I've not i've kind of shied away from that and, and i'll tell you why mm-hmm. I, i'm trying to um i'm trying to um become more attuned with sort of the voices in the congregation. And I think sometimes mm. it's a temptation for us pastoral types and those of us who love theology and we, you know, we love to, uh, to listen to teaching and sermons and that sort of thing. It's, it's a temptation for us to linger there and yeah, sometimes yeah. miss the voice of the common man in the pew. And what I mean by that is, he or she is not living in that world, unfortunately. Now, now it doesn't mean that they don't, you know, they can't listen to podcasts such as this one and other podcasts and, and you know, on a daily basis because <laughs> they can, but many of them don't listen to them regularly. And if they do, then, you know, it doesn't have the type of um, um, staying power uh, as as we often expect it to because we swim in these right. waters. And I think sometimes the, the expectation that we have of the people in the pew is so... Uh, much greater than perhaps it should be because uh, those of us who have the, the privilege and the opportunity to be in full-time ministry, we take for granted we're in this every day. A lot of people aren't, you know, when they go to work, especially mm-hmm. if they work a, a demanding job that's uh, full of, uh, you know, full of trying situations, they they have to, they're, they're depleted much quicker and, and they have to deal with, um, you know, with things that oftentimes uh, past, not the pastors don't have to deal with problems because we do, but the problems of a different kind. So I, I, right. I haven't listened um, 
it's funny lately, but I mean, if I were to recommend one, of course I'd recommend yours. <laughs> and I'd also recommend, uh, also recommend any that Ligonier, um, Ligonier Ministries do. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good, good plug there. Good plug. Uh, yeah, you know, the bar, man, um, I actually, the, the motivation and the style it is for the lay people. Um, yeah. and, and that's one of our, our things, you know, we, we want to be simple, you know, but we want to give you good content but, and we want to spark interest, you know, um, cause those yeah. are the things that, that, that helped me. And so, uh, so you can tell your whole congregation, they can listen. So that'll help you. So you can start listening to other stuff. So just let you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, Greg, man, oh, this has been awesome. 30 minutes goes by really fast when you're having fun. Um, I want to give you the floor here, man, to um, uh, shout out whatever you want to shout out. Um, any words of encouragement, anything you want to say to my listeners, I'm going to give you the floor right here. Okay. Well, first, let me just say thank you for uh, inviting me to be part of your podcast and for reaching out to me. And uh, it was a blessing. I, I don't want to, well, I don't think I can emphasize enough how much of a blessing it was when um when i got when i re- when i heard from you and you you shared with me the impact that our time together had on your on your life so uh anyway thank you for the opportunity to be part of your podcast and i think as we think through this upcoming weekend uh and we celebrate 500 years of what god has done what he is doing in the church it's tempting for us to maybe dwell in the past without thinking about the future and so I would just encourage the listeners, encourage you, encourage all of us that not only has the Reformation occurred, but every day God is reforming our hearts. He's transforming Mm -hmm. us uh, into the kingdom of His dear Son, and that's something that as we continue on into the next 500 years, share the Lord, Terry, um, that, you know, hopefully generations to come will be able to look back on the decisions that we make today and celebrate them, knowing and seeing in this, even in the small, minuscule, minute things of life. Uh, the grace of God and the glory of God uh, in in our own time. Awesome. Amen, brother. I appreciate that. Well, guys, uh, it's been another episode of The Bar. Appreciate you guys listening, tuning in every week. Definitely big shout out to y'all for listening. Thanks to Greg for taking time out of his schedule. Uh, make sure you check the website out, thebarpodcast.com, as well as Facebook, The Bar Podcast. That's the search it one word, The Bar Podcast. You can find us Twitter and Instagram, The Bar underscore podcast. And just always remember, y'all, we're biblical and reformed, and we're out. What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there